Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Inside the Huddle. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Our partner in crime, TJ Inman, will be calling us and joining us shortly. We have a great show lined up for you. We have several questions we want to go over before the spring practice starts in a couple weeks. Uh, so we're going to go over those. We'll talk about some news and notes. Uh, TJ, welcome to the show. Uh, greetings from the Music City. Yeah. How you doing, Sammy? Glad to be here. Uh, it, it's a little cold down here, but it, it's cold everywhere I see. So, uh, no complaints. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, we've got uh, sub-zero temperatures today. So, if anybody's headed to Assembly Hall tonight, uh, good luck. Good luck. It's it's freezing. Well, it's uh, add an extra layer, throw on the uh, the Hoosier winter coat, and uh, get out to that game tonight. It's going to be a good one. It's an important basketball game, and it's always nice to beat Purdue. Anyway, uh, to shift the conversation back to football, we have several questions we want to go over before spring practice starts uh, next month, uh, first mm-hmm. of which is, uh, you know, are there any returning IU players that most fans don't really know who are under the radar that might burst onto the scene and have an impact in 2015. Yeah, yeah, I I think there's always guys that you don't expect to have a big impact that kind of come out of nowhere and uh, and step up for you. The the hard part, obviously, is picking out who those guys are going to be. You know, when I was going over this question, I tried to target one guy on each side of the ball. Um, you know, on offense, I think that most IU fans know uh, the returning skill guys. Um, you've got the receivers that are returning, and then I think most of us are aware uh, that there's going to be some, some high-impact guys that weren't on this roster last year. Everybody knows Nate Sudfeld coming back. Everybody knows uh, the running back situation with you know Jordan Howard coming in, and then I think most people are aware that Divine Redding is a is a strong player that will have a big role. So that, that really leaves you with offensive linemen, um, and a guy that I picked out that I'm excited to see play is Tim Gardner. Um, I, he's not going to grab many headlines because he's an offensive lineman, but. Gardner's a 6'5", uh, guy that when he came to IU was 3'10". He's probably 3'20", 3'25 now. Uh, he's an offensive tackle. Originally signed with Ohio State, he went to high school at Lawrence Central in Indianapolis and was a, a four-star recruit coming out. Um, you know, redshirted last season, and I'm really excited to see how he fits into a pretty stacked offensive line. It's arguably IU's top position under Kevin Wilson the entire time that he's been here. Uh, he really emphasizes that, puts a lot of uh, puts a lot of focus on getting a skilled offensive line in. And I'm excited to see how Tim Gardner fits in. I think uh, – I don't know if he'll start right away because uh, he does not have game experience in college, but the talent's there, the size is there, and I think he can definitely stand out um, on defense – yeah, you have to look at where there's playing time available. Um, there should be playing time available, a defensive back, maybe in the safety rotation, one of the bandit linebacker spots. You know, Nick Mangieri has one of the spots locked down, but that other bandit spot, I think Damian Willis um, 
another redshirt freshman that he's from a really good high school program in Cleveland, St. Ignatius High School, the solid recruit coming out. I think that Damian Willis has the uh, size and the speed that they like in that position. Um, I expect for him to have a pretty big impact, and I don't think very many people know him. And another guy that I picked out that I really enjoyed watching last season progress was Chase Dutra. Um, he partners with Antonio Allen. I would think that those two will be the starting safeties. And Dutra, to me, last year showed he's got good size. He showed some good instincts. He didn't get a ton of playing time because of Mark Murphy. Excuse me, Mark Murphy. Um, but he did he did get some playing time, and I think he'll start this year alongside of Allen. Another year development, I think, will you know with the increased playing time, and I think we could really see a solid safety pairing between Allen and Chase Dutra. So those are the two guys that I've kind of picked out as um, guys that could be you know, pretty high-impact players for the Hoosiers coming up that I don't think many people are aware of. Right, and those are two guys who, who have gone under the radar, and I think you're spot on with Gardner. It'll be – he might not start. The IU has a very veteran line, and and you might really see him shine next year in 2016 uh, when he yeah. will – should get some starting time. Uh, the, the two guys I wanted to talk about um, were, first I'll start on defense, is uh, Larry Smith. This guy has been on campus now for two years. Um, he's kind of been snake-bitten. He didn't really play his freshman year. When he did, he had that big fumble against Indiana State on a kick return. Um, and they switched him to, to corner uh, before the start of last season. I really think that with his speed, he could be a game-breaker in the kicking game, uh, in the return game, which is something that IU kind of lacked last year. And, you know, especially with a team that their offense kind of sputtered, that it might take a little while for Sudfeld to get his feet back under him. Having a big play guy in the kick-return game is extremely important. I also think he could he could be a difference-maker in – uh, the defensive backfield, he he might not start right away or he might not start at all, but coming in at the at nickelback or subbing uh, for one of the corners, he has the speed to, to keep up with these fast Big Ten receivers. Um, so that's where I'd go on defense. On offense, I'd like to see uh, Corey Keel. Uh, he redshirted last year. He's uh, uh, from Georgia, from Snellville, Georgia. He's a 6'2 uh, receiver, and that adds a little size, which – IU was missing last year. Um, he's supposed to have really great hands and, and be an impact receiver. So I'd keep an eye out for Larry Smith and, and Corey Keel. Um, we'll see what they could do during spring practice, and we'll see what they could do during the season. All right, the next question yeah, I want to no, touch no, upon. No, two good names. Yeah, the next question I want to uh, touch upon uh, is which position group I feel is uh, – probably the, the weak link or might not have as much depth as uh, all the others. And I'm going to go with defensive back uh, for mm-hmm. IU. Although there there is some talent there, you have, you know, uh, you have Richard Fant at corner uh, and you have Antonio Allen and Chase Dutra at safety. My issue is who's the, who's the second corner, uh, which will probably be Donovan Clark or, um, uh, yeah, Donovan Clark, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, there's not that much depth there. Uh, if a guy goes down, it hurts. I mean, Kenny Mullen is coming back. He's a nice player. 
he's a veteran guy who could be a leader. Uh, so that that's a position I'd be concerned about, even though there is a little bit of talent. There's just not much depth. Yeah, that's exactly the same position group that I picked out. Uh, it's been a problem for IU for a long time. Um, Michael Hunter and Tim Bennett were solid guys that I don't think uh, really got the respect that they deserve, perhaps, because of IU's passing defense numbers. They, I mean, they statistically, uh, it was a weak point, even last year. But it did improve some, and I think a lot of the problem that Bennett and Hunter had was they didn't have any help from a pass rush, so it made the numbers look worse than maybe the quality of play actually was. Um, I think they'll especially miss Tim Bennett. He was uh, a guy that did a really good job with pass breakups, uh, did not make enough, turn enough for those into interceptions, but he was a very good corner for Indiana, uh, had a lot of playing time. But that's the position group I picked out as well. Like you said, there is some talent there. Richard Fant showed flashes last year of uh, the talent that he is. Um, he's a little bit undersized for an outside corner, but uh, very, very quick and reacts to the ball pretty well. Um, Kenny Mullen, like you said, returns from injury. Ideally, he's a guy that you would only rely on in the slot. I don't think that having him as your second corner is a is a, an ideal spot because of the size the fans has, or the lack of size the fans has. Kenny Mullen is about the same size. I don't think that they'd be able to deal with the bigger receivers. So I'd look at uh, a guy that we've talked about some, um, Tyva Green, as someone that could potentially step in there along with, uh, like you said, Donovan Clark. Um, I think one of those two guys will emerge as that second corner. And you have to hope that Tyver Green is the player that uh, that he's built to be because with his size and his length especially, he could really provide a nice combination, him and Fant. Fant being the guy that could take the quicker receiver, Green being the guy that can match up with the bigger one. Then you could have the guys like uh, Kenny Mullen, um, uh, Larray Smith, if he can grasp that position, that would be a nice nice bonus to get something unexpected out of him. Uh, Noel Padmore is another guy that I think you know, on that defensive back depth chart that could step up and be a part of it. But, yeah, that's that's the main group. It's kind of a hard question to answer because there's not really a glaring position that you look at and say, wow, they have to replace so much at this spot. But I think the, the spot that has the most question marks is definitely defensive back. All right. And, and the next question is kind of a two-parter. There's – two questions that, that could be linked together. Um, one is, which 2015 non-conference game makes me most nervous as a fan? Uh, I'll put my mm-hmm. fan hat on again. I'm going to say that Western Kentucky game. Uh, yeah. They're coming off a great season. Uh, they put up ridiculous uh, offensive numbers. They're returning their quarterback for a sixth year. I believe he threw for 49 touchdowns like a 49 touchdown video game numbers basically 49 touchdowns you know 4800 yards uh it was unbelievable so uh, having that game come in uh, i believe it's the uh third game of the year um but them coming in with that offense it's going to be tough i use offense has to be clicking the defense has to get off the field at sometimes i mean you know you can't win the games you're not going to win this game scoring 
28 or 35 points. You're going to have to score in the 40s to beat this team um, unless your defense steps up. Yeah, the game is September 19th. You're two games in. Hopefully the defense has their feet underneath them. Uh, Sudfeld is back to full strength and, and is clicking on all cylinders. But that that's the game that I'm, I'm most nervous about having one of those, you know, one of those landmine games. Yeah, I think that that's the the, uh, the definite obvious one that jumps out to you. You know, the Hilltoppers were 8-5 and five last season. Um, that's not great, but they did win their final five games. So they finished the season strong. They've got momentum, returned 17 starters. And like you said, Brandon Dowdy coming back, their quarterback, uh, he led the nation in passing yards last year. I don't think many people realize that. You probably pick out quite a few other guys before you got the Dowdy. But um, they also returned Yale Conference USA running backs that they have, Leon Allen. And then they got four of their top five wide receivers coming back. So that offense is not going to take a step back. And it was one of the best in the country statistically last season. So, like you said, IU's going to have to be scoring a lot of points to get that win, or the defense will send a major message. You know, if they can hold Western Kentucky under their season average or, you know, hold them down in the high 20s, low 30s, that'll send a message to me that this defense is really improving. Um, But just to be a little bit different, the answer is Western Kentucky. But as an alternative, I'll take Wake Forest. Uh, Just because that game's on the road, it's a long road trip. I know the Wake Forest was completely abysmal last season. They had the third worst offense in the country. So you'll be going from the firepower of Western Kentucky to the next week traveling to Winston-Salem and taking on an offense that, you know, really rushing-wise, they were embarrassing. They had multiple games that they were under uh, under one or two yards to carry, and I think they had a couple games that they didn't even get into net positive yardage rushing. So they were really bad, but they had a solid recruiting class. Their second season under the new head coach, Dave Clawson, um, I, I think – there's no way that IU should lose that game, but just situationally, you'll be coming off the Western Kentucky game, hopefully off a win, and then it's the week before the Ohio State game. So a possible possible look-ahead, letdown matchup right there. Um, I know that I'll be nervous about it beforehand because it's IU on the road, and that just usually doesn't go well. Yeah, that's a classic trap game. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. saw it with... Bowling Green this past year, coming off a of bye week, the week before Missouri. Um, but Wake Forest is horrible, as, as you touched upon. You know, they couldn't run the ball. They had no offense. I think it's a good matchup for IU. It's not like you're going into a tough ACC environment. Uh, hopefully, uh, IU fans in and around the North Carolina area come down. The weather should be great September 26th. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's a that's a classic trap game on the schedule. Uh, the next question, which goes hand-in-hand hand with this, is if I were in charge of IU's schedule and could handpick any one or two opponents to do a home-and-home home with, uh, who would they be? Um, I, I've been very outspoken on uh, IU's scheduling. I think... Now they've finally gotten the idea that they want to schedule for six wins. They don't need to go challenge Missouri or go play teams like Navy and 
you know, while I like the idea of home and home, they don't need to do these home and homes with with MAC teams or the two for ones. Um, you know, your Big Ten team play at home. People, you need a fan base, and, and fans want to come to Bloomington. Uh, the local businesses need you down there. So, if I were going to do a home and home one series, it'd be with an FBS team. If I were going to pick one, you know, I'd pick a, a Kansas or Colorado. I think Wake Forest is perfect. It's already on the schedule. It's one of these teams who, yeah, they're in a legitimate conference, but you could beat them. And, and Kansas and Colorado haven't had that much success. And, you know, if it was going to be anybody, I would pick Kentucky. I think that's a great rivalry game. They could bring back the Bourbon Barrel trophy, and it'd be a lot of fun. But there's two, there's it's the politics of that, that game would, is so messed up with, basketball and you know they try to parlay it into oh if we're playing football we'd like to do basketball too I just don't think it would ever happen again yeah yeah I I think Kentucky's one that crossed my mind um you know when I was thinking about it the the guidelines for me were like you said it needs to be feasible uh that IU could win the game you don't want to go and I mean I'm just throwing it out here but you're not going to go schedule a home and home with somebody like an LSU or an Alabama or something ridiculous like that to where you'd be nothing more than a sacrificial lamb um, heading into SEC country. But I wanted I wanted to think about an opponent that would still be considered a quote-unquote good opponent, also beatable. And like you said, there's no reason to do home-and-home home games with, with max schools. I will say that I think this year's schedule um, is pretty – pretty ideal um, in terms of you have a FBS opponent, uh, a BCS conference opponent, if you will. We're not using that term anymore. So a big five or power five, whatever, in Wake Forest. But it's one of the worst, if not the worst, or uh, power five conference programs you could play. So um, you've got them. You've got a quality mid-major in Western Kentucky. Um and then you you still have that FCS team, which that's going away. But for those that aren't aware, uh, starting in 2016, the Big Ten is going to play nine conference games. So the importance of these non-conference games ratchets up even more. And I think it's pretty critical for IU to make a schedule that they can look at and say, we should be 3-0 and after we can get these three Big Ten wins and get the bowl game because the biggest – the easiest way to build a fan base is, in my opinion, consistently winning games. That means that IU needs to be 4-0 or 3-0 in the non-conference schedule. But uh, the opponent that I picked out was Cincinnati. Um, and we were doing this for, like, if we were hypothetically making a matchup for 2015, 2016, let's say we're dropping Wake Forest from the schedule, I'd put Cincinnati in there. I think it would be a fun matchup. And Indiana fans could see IU battle Gunnar Keel. Uh, twice, which I, I think would be kind of cool. He's, I don't know, what is he now, 22, 23 years old as a sophomore or something, but um, he had a successful first season in Cincinnati. I think it would be cool to see us go against him twice and uh, it would be fun to knock off the Bearcats. Uh, I think it would be a fun matchup that fans would like, but Louisville is another another program that popped into my head. And, um, I've heard a couple of ideas tossed around with a a weekend, kind of a Saturday bonanza where IU is at Louisville, 
and basketball and football uh, in the same day, kind of in a in a November setting. But I don't think it's feasible. But it's a cool idea to think about. Yeah, and the main thing is IU needs six wins. And while right. playing, you know, they already scheduled a series with uh, Cincinnati. I think in 2021 and 2022. And yes, it's a nice goal to shoot for to play these. You know. I'll call them local teams because Cincinnati's really not that far and Louisville's really not that far. But to, to play these, you know, power five teams that will bring fans in from either team, but I don't think I use there just yet. Maybe in 21 or 2021 and 2022 uh, when that series comes up. The big thing is you need six wins. They're moving to uh, nine conference games, which makes it that much more difficult to get that sixth win. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, Scheduling, as you said, is of utmost importance. I think this year is your ideal schedule. Uh, I like playing. You know, you have your FCS team, which is, you know, Southern Illinois came in in 2006 and beat IU, so you can't sleep on them. you got Florida International who, you know, they're doing a home-and-home series with them, which I don't get dropping South Florida because they're both, you know, they're both down in the dumps right now. But Playing Wake Forest is that's the team that they need to be playing. Not Missouri, not Navy, not those teams. They need to be playing the bottom feeders of the other conferences, other Power Five conferences. So Wake Forest is perfect. You know, Western yeah. Kentucky will be a great game. Uh, lots of offense. I put it in my circle of your calendar games. If you like points, man, book your hotels, buy your tickets, go down to that because I take the over. Uh, over on the points in that game. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and I, I will, I will add. Yeah, I, I will add that I'm I'm glad that IU has Ball State on the schedule in Wilmington next season. Um, I was thoroughly disgusted losing to them back to back times. Um, it will be nice to have them in Memorial Stadium and hopefully um, exact some revenge for those losses during the Bill Lynch era that uh, are still painful to think back on those that's unacceptable to lose to ball state so hopefully the hoosiers could knock them off i'm glad that they're back on the schedule and you're right going to florida international that that one the playing a road game with them doesn't make any sense but i I mean it's all about recruiting going down there in florida and, and marketing your brand but paying a quarter of a million dollars or whatever it was to get out of the south florida game uh, to pick up Florida International um, really didn't make sense, other than that they wanted seven home games this year. I think they were supposed to be at mm-hmm. South Florida this year. Um, so right. that's the reason. Uh, Ball State actually beat us three times in a row. You know, I, They beat us in 2008 um, and then up oh, at that's right. yeah. Lucas Oil in 2011. And then yeah. they had that miracle catch on the sideline where – I still swear he's out of bounds, but it is whatever. You can't fall behind however many points IU fell behind and try and come back and win every time. But that's a that's another game that, you know, IU should be playing. It's a local team. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. nice rivalry since both teams have won a few games now. Um, and, and maybe in the future that becomes a trophy game or something. Um, you know, you play for whatever, you know, trophy, the I-69 trophy ever make I-69 go through Bloomington, uh, but 
that that's a nice game. I, I'm just I don't want to play Mac teams on the road anymore. Uh, we've had right. so many issues uh, with playing, you know, Bowling Green on the road. We went to Ball State in 2006 and needed a miracle to come back from that. Uh, it's it's just not a good recipe if you want to build a fan base and, and get to those six wins. Right. All right. I think we're on our our last question. Um, We went through all of them. Uh, do you have any other questions? Yeah, we had the the one about um, choosing an offense and a defensive recruit. Uh, you know, Howard and Hawkins don't count. But if we had to choose, just well, we talked a lot about the class. But uh, if we had to choose just one guy um, on the offensive side and the defensive side that is in this 2015 class that would have an impact as a freshman, so not long term, just the immediate impact as a freshman, so which which two guys would you choose? So one on each side of the ball and Marquis Hawkins and uh, Jordan Howard transfer. So I looked at it. Um, I thought receiver was, was definitely an area that they upgraded. And there's multiple guys you could pick at the receiver spot. Uh, I was going back and forth between Leon Thornton and Camion Patrick. I ended up going with Camion Patrick just based on the tape that I saw, the things that I've read about him, and the fact that you know, he does have experience at a level above high school. He was a big-time JUCO player at East Mississippi Community College. Caught a touchdown pass in every game he played. He's six foot two. I think he'll he'll be a big-time red zone target for Nate Sudfeld. Uh, he's well developed physically. Kevin Wilson really heaped some high praise upon him, saying he reminded him of uh, which oh uh, Cody Latimer. He reminded him of Cody Latimer. Um, which, you know, like I said, that's very high praise. I'm not expecting him to come in and be Cody Latimer, but I am expecting him to come in and have a pretty big impact as a potentially the starting wide receiver for the Hoosiers this season um, just because of that size, physical presence, and I think a red zone impact player on defense. Uh, again, it's about opportunity, and there's opportunity at defensive back. We've talked quite a bit about Tyler Green. He's the guy that I went to frame. He's got the length that makes him a really intriguing option. IU has not had a guy like him at corner in a long time, so I'm looking forward to seeing what Tyler Green can do. I don't know if he'll start right away. It'll probably be Donovan Clark, but I do think that uh, Green will be in the cornerback rotation from day one. Right. Those are two two good picks, and they both came across my mind, and uh, I think we're on the same page. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go a little different way. I think this uh, – Devontae Williams uh, guy, and Kevin Wilson is correct with the, the D names. There's a lot of them, Devontae, uh, Devondre. But Devontae Williams, he's the uh, nickname the Matrix. He's the running back out of uh, Columbia, Maryland. I think he's going to be an explosive player uh, who could play all over the field. He could fill in at running back. He could play in the slot. He could return kicks. He could return punts. I think that's the guy... IU could use all over the field. Well, they need some size at receiver. They get a lot of size in this class. Uh, with Nick Westbrook is another guy who could um, fill in and come make an impact. Uh, but I think Devontae Williams can be a game breaker and, and be a big play guy out of the backfield and out of the slot and in the return game. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, we'll see what he could do uh, starting against Southern Illinois. On defense, Tyler Green is the name who stands out. He's the obvious guy. Uh, he's 6'2", a former Ohio State commit. 
you know, he fits in perfectly, and I think he will be that, that guy. But if we're going to look somewhere else, I'd look at uh, Omari Stringer at, at linebacker. He's 6'4", listed at 205. Uh, he should put on some weight in the summer. Uh, linebacker, they have a lot of good players in depth there. So uh, so we'll see where he fits in. But uh, Nor and Wilson like to rotate, so I think he'll fit in well. He'll play on special teams. Uh, and th- those are the two guys, I think, who will uh, be an impact. And and I want to get uh, fans out on this. Uh, tonight, at um, before the uh, before the IU-Purdue basketball game, there's a Indiana football preview. Uh, Kevin Wilson's going to share his thoughts on the 2015 recruiting class and what to expect next year. Uh, it's at the Henke Hall of Champions. It's from 5 to 6.30. I heard there's some great... Uh, stuff going on. There'll be food. I think there's they're giving out old oak bucket koozies, and I wish I wasn't in Nashville for this because I've won an old oak bucket koozie. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, that should be fun. Uh, their player autographs is a great fan thing. Uh, I've been there before. It's great. Parking is free up until 5.30, I believe. Uh, so enjoy the day. And we'll talk to you next week. Uh, anyway, thank you, TJ, for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk football to you. You can follow TJ on Twitter at uh, TJ Hoosier Huddle. Uh, you can follow us at Hoosier underscore Huddle. And, TJ, enjoy your day. Stay warm. I will not stay warm. That is impossible. But I will enjoy the rest of my day, especially if the Hoosiers can knock off the blower makers tonight. And uh, we'll have some uh, spring football stuff coming up uh, on Hoosier Huddle, so check that out. Yep, coming up this week, we'll have spring football previews. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll be on next Wednesday, and I'll be in a different city. I'll be in New York this time, so uh, Hoosier Huddle is making the rounds around the country. All right, thanks, TJ. You too. Bye-bye.